It's an A-show and a paranetic show, man. Hey, man, you got a fix for me? You got a quarter day and I got a gamble in the next game, man. For February 10th, 2021. How goes it, everybody? Oh, my goodness. The tears are coming down my eyes after recovering all the bets that I put in. You know, I did get into the sports gambling, you know, starting last Thursday. Why? Oh, my God. BK, what happened? What the fuck? You just ended the thing. You entered the game. I did. I did. But again, go back to my episode the last year, last June, episode 170, Ben Robin Hood and Legalized Sports Gambling from June 24th, 2020. Um, because uh, I, I, I'm very tired <laughs> the last 10 days. You know, aside from the work, I spent the weekend not really resting and just enjoying. I was spending so much time gambling online. You know, I admit it. I admit it. But then um, it was a lot of fun because uh, I, I never had such an adrenaline rush. I didn't go beyond my means. I mean, I just stuck to my gun. But, you know, but basically the gist is I signed up for the DraftKings because I saw BetMGM was having an issue. Also, By the way, just to, just to back up a little bit, level set here. So the sports gambling has been legal in Michigan and a very few states, but online sports gambling has not opened until about two and a half weeks ago, end of January on a Friday here in Michigan. And I wanted to see how the system worked out with the DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, and all that stuff. You never buy the game on the day one. You never pre-order a game, you know, all that stuff. You know, I talked about that. Why I stopped gaming so much? All the, you know, you, you, you get the idea. Cyberpunk 2077, but with real money beyond the $70 you just spent on the game, you know. I wanted to see how this goes, and then uh, FanDuel, due to the personal reasons, I don't want to give FanDuel money. Bet MGM, I heard it has had a lot of issues. You know, Jamie Foxx is everywhere. I mean, it, it just gives me a Ja Rule, Firefest vibe. And then DraftKings looked to be the safest, so I just go, I went with that. And it's been pretty good. Aside from the usual downtime with the sheer volume that I was getting, I was just having my, like, what is this, fucking Robin Hood? Is DraftKings run by fucking Vlad? What the fuck is this shit? You know, because it started going down about an hour before, you know, the kickoff for the Super Bowl on a Sunday. But it wasn't so bad, you know, because people are still having trouble trying to withdraw money from BetMGM. I haven't tried to withdraw money yet uh, because I'm still trying to get to the balance that I want to. But, hey, I didn't lose money. So, anyways, I, I wanted to share with you the lessons that I have learned uh, from Thursday night to basically Monday evening because I wanted to break a bank. Uh, not break a bank, but break a balance, four-digit balance, you know, if you want to say. So I I stuck to my gun. I, I budgeted myself. So I'm going to consider this to be under entertainment budget because entertainment budget that I have from the personal finances standpoint is like clubs or going to a show, a concert, and you know, any of that. But obviously, the entertainment budget after the Poppy concert I went about a year ago, yes, Poppy, uh, what is it was basically zero. I didn't go to a strip club. I didn't do any of that shit. That thing was open. What am I gonna do? I don't want to catch a fucking COVID. You know, seeing some fucking fat ass booty near the airport. You know, so I don't want to do that. Obviously, and then uh, you know, but the chicken wings are delicious. Nah, fuck that, man. I'll just DoorDash a fucking chicken wings. I'm not driving thirty minutes for two dollar wings. You know, with COVID going around in a pandemic. You know what I mean? So, anyways. I, I said I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna I was also inspired by the furniture king who put in that three point two million dollar bet that Tom Brady 
and the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay would cover the 3.5 uh, point spread. And I, I said the same thing. What I predicted last week came true and even more. Like, for example, it's not going to be a high-scoring Super Bowl. You know, except for the Eagles Patriots, is it was never high scoring. You know, number two, you know, I I don't understand. So I don't understand how Kansas City was gonna go through with that fierce defensive front that the Tampa Bay had with Dominican Sue and JPP. And not only was Eric Fisher out, one other guy was out on the Kansas City offensive line. Patrick Mahomes had a bump toe, so he couldn't run around so much. You know, he's gonna get a surgery. I just go like, how are you going to do that? And then everybody everybody on the Kansas City, other than Travis Kelsey, had noodle hands, so they couldn't catch a jack shit. Tyreek Hill, and that happened. So anyways, I I was very surprised at all that huge bets that I put in for the point under and then the point spread that Tampa's going to cover. I just like, dude, I, I, I already I knew that was going to be the long shot, and then that e more than easily covered. You know what I put in. Now, there are some additional ones that made me big money on, which is Tom Brady's gonna throw less than two ninety five and a half yards in this game. I made that get. I made that bet. You know, near the end of the second quarter, because you know, wait. I wanted to see. I wanted to feel out how the the game goes. That was that was one of those in game bets that I took. I wanted to also take the Mahomes one. You know, it was coming down from 295 into like 215 or something. But I think he ended up th- throwing 270. So, you know. But Mahomes, because like second half, I just couldn't trust it, you know, with that huge offense. And then I was like, dude, I don't know. Casey could, you know, I knew Pat, I knew Tom Brady wasn't going to sling with the lead he had in the second quarter. So I knew 295 and a half was pretty safe. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes, I said, he's got to fucking sling the ball here. He's got to sling the ball. Either Tyreek Hill or other guys fucking catch it at this point. Uh, They didn't. And then I don't want to take that chance, so I didn't take that bet. But, you know, I got lucky with some of the in-game bets. Like, next score, Tampa Bay is going to score. Who's going to be the uh, the, the catch? Uh, It's going to be Gronk. So I got that on the second one. And then the third one, I just, like, put Antonio Brown down, and then I got it. I wanted to put Gronk or something as a backup bet. You know, it's like a little bet, like a dollar bet here and there, right? But I... It started airing. You know, they already closed the bet, so my Antonio Brown one luckily worked out. You know, I mean that. So, anyways, it, it, overall, you know, the Super Bowl got me money. And then also at the end of the night, because of the due to the system problems they had earlier, it's like, hey, we're gonna give you a free twenty dollar free bet. You know, uh, so you don't ha- you cannot withdraw that twenty dollars, but whatever winnings you can keep. Um, and then they also had the Berkeley versus Stanford game going on. And then uh, it's overnight over in uh, Palo Alto. And then they say, we're going to give you a 25% odds boost. And I said, you know what? I want to crack a $1,000 balance mark. And I just need like 20 bucks to win. And then, uh, but then when I saw the odds boost became plus 107. I, I don't remember what it was, but it went from my, minus to plus. And then I just said, oh my God, I could. I, I just, for fun, before I slip, uh, submitted the bet, I said, what if I put everything into this Berkeley game? Because the Berkeley was already down 16, 15, 16 points, four minutes to go in the first half, you know, 1130 at night. And then I said, uh, you know, 
would it's not NBA. NBA just they're all professionals. They just give up. If it's a game's a wash, it's a wash. The disparity like against the big three or something, like it's a Brooklyn Nets or something, they'll just fucking cave. But college, at least they'll fucking try. And then Berkeley, I was like reading up and it's like, they never got blown out completely. More than 10 points or something all season. And I was like, this is an aberration and I think they'll catch up. So I wanted to put a bet in for, you know, Berkeley's going to cover 15 points or less. But I couldn't submit. It aired. 15 and a half. The line changed. Error. 16. Error. 17. I was able to finally put in and then they stopped taking the bets. And then... I just go, well, 17, duh, they're going to fucking cover. And then if they lose 12, I still win money at that point. They got under 17. They ended up losing the game 76 or 70. And then the next morning, I wondered, you know, in a little bit, I said, what if I really put down the entire fucking balance? I would have, like, tripled my money or some shit. (laughs) But, you know, that's a degenerate behavior. And then uh, that's where I want to get to. So that's what really happened. I'm working a little backwards here. Sunday night, but what really led up to it, and then what are my prime lessons here as I talk through this shit for 10 minutes? I really have four lessons. Number one, study. Study. Number two, take the favorites when you're sure. It's better to be safe than sorry. So number three, uh, don't get emotional. (laughs) Don't get emotional and try to parry your fucking losses. Because there are smart ways to spread the bet. But anyways, I'm going to get to that. So number one, study, I'll say. Because as much as I try to see the tendencies mid-game, ride the hot hand, that kind of thing. You know, I had that with golf, the PGA, the waste management. That was pretty good. Uh, But in the end, you still got to study the environment and everything. Who's in the lineup, who's not in the lineup. Who's getting hurt? Who's hurt where? Like, I, I completely see that now. Like, the PGA, it was so easy just looking at the courses and looking at the statistics of the fairway landing versus, you know, likely to miss the fairway and all that stuff. And those odds and those bets, you know, if you if you really pay attention to it, you'll make a lot of bucks out of those prop bets. You know, are they going to land it on a green? All that stuff. Like, for example, Jordan Spieth has not had a really good driver the last two, three years. And then he's more players are aggressive, hitting long more than landing on a fairway. So I bet against like Jordan Spieth making the fucking fairway, fifty uh, percent of the time. You know stuff like that. Yander Shoffley, the man who made me a lot of money, unlike Rory McIlroy and all these motherfuckers. Um, he's been very safe in landing on a fairway, which got him through the waste management uh, tournament, the Phoenix Open, basically. Uh, although he didn't win, Brooks Kepka did on the lucky 17 hole, 17th hole chip shot. I mean, that tournament was pretty wild in the leaderboard standpoint. But from, you know, betting shot to shot, looking at the course and actually studying the diagram and then seeing how each of the players were, you know, landing on the fairway, that study really helped on getting me money on the short term. Now I drained all that getting emotional, but I'm going to get to that in a little bit. So study and same for the Super Bowl. Like way the way I was making the decision was data driven based on the probability. Look, Tom Brady has some good lead. Tom Brady doesn't have an arm like he did ten years ago. He's gonna run the ball. The running game has been great between Fournette and Ronald Jones. You know stuff like that. I it's just logical. It's not emotional. It's completely data driven at that point. You know, same as goal differential. Now. The next lesson of taking the favorites, because I had this fucking 
painful lesson Saturday night, uh, Friday, Saturday night, and then also Sunday. Because the trap that I initially fell into is, you know, taking the underdog for the bigger payoff. Yeah, I'm not going to bet like gazillion, like I'm not weighing so much bet on it, but it quickly piles up. Even like I, I lost, you know, aside from the $500 that I designated into the Super Bowl betting, I put another 100, so 600 total that I was playing within my range was in other games like the basketball and all that stuff. And then try to parlay all this stuff and then see, you see how much I can make between Thursday and uh, Sunday before the Super Bowl. But I was getting like really like, emotional going for underdog every fucking time it's like it's like calling a bluff every single poking f- fucking poker game you know not realizing that you put a one dollar bet in and then it's like you make 90 cents so you the total payout is 190 dude that's better than losing the entire dollar just just take the wins and then sometimes it's okay to take the favorites with those odds so the one i had friday night was with the jennifer brady the tennis who the fuck is Jennifer Brady? She ain't fucking Tom. Not coming clutch. Costing me about, you know, two McDonald's apple pies worth of money. You know, betting on dimes, you know, because a dime is a minimum 10 cents. And then I figured, you know, I should have just picked a match, overall match, that a higher seed tennis player would kill a nobody from Lithuania or Belarus or some shit. And then for individual games, you know, just go with the favorable outcomes and conditions, which is the serve, server of that game would win. And then uh, you're not going to likely break a serve, especially in the first set if you're feeling each other out, you know. But I got greedy. Instead of taking the favorite of server's going to win, server's going to serve, I went against it and then said, Jennifer's going to break the fucking serve on this Belarusian chick or whoever the fuck this is Friday night. I kept losing all that shit. Only thing I finally won, begrudgingly, I put the money down on the favorites like Jennifer Brady is going to win the serve. And then she did. So I lost a whole bunch of money there. Not a huge amount, but I was already at like $1, $2 total balance at that point. So I could only do dime, dime bets, you know, making me maybe 26 cents, you know, that kind of shit, you know. And then and then I just go, fuck, this is so stupid. I should have, I should have just... Bet the match. And Jennifer Brady won. But then I read the article the next morning. Because this was over in Australia or some shit. It's like, Jennifer Brady had a very hard fought battle. I was like, it should have been fucking hard. Why is it a 7-6-7-5? It should have been 7-7-5-6-1. Jennifer should be breaking this girl's fucking serve in the second set and kill her. She didn't. And I decided to go back to Saturday night. Like a degenerate that I am. And then I said, I'm going to gamble on Jennifer Brady. She was playing this girl named Ann Lee from China. Not Ang Lee, who directed the fucking Hulk. Uh, Ann Lee. And f- I-, I wanted to see how the first set first went. Uh, but I didn't really study. I'll be honest. You're looking up the stats of the serves and then how the last match went. So I didn't do my first lesson. I didn't follow my first lesson and actually study. I just went with... Whatever I guess was the right thing. I just, I, you know. And then I said, all right. And then I started betting against, you know, say Jennifer Brady's going to break in Lee's serve. Not learning the lesson from the Friday night prior. And fucking Jennifer Brady didn't really break a serve. And then, but then the one lesson that I learned is like Jennifer Brady is still a better player than Ann Lee over here. So Jennifer Brady is going to win the whole fucking match. And 
all the small bits in between in the games, not the sets, but the the games, she lost. And then, she, you know, I mostly lost betting against, you know, she's going to break the serve. It's, I especially thought after the first set, when she barely lost or she barely won, she's going to, like, just destroy this chick. And Lee, she didn't. And I went to sleep, woke up Sunday. Uh, and then Jennifer Brady got fucking upset. <laughs> I was so mad. I go, what the fuck, Jennifer? And then, uh, yeah, I lost I lost money. So if you add it up, it's probably uh, about the worth of two McDonald's apple pies. You know, I could have eaten. I just wanted a value menu, you know. I just wanted to eat that night, you know. But that didn't happen. So instead of picking the sure favorites when I needed to, I, I went greedy. And I didn't study. And then I just went with my emotions. So all four lessons were learned with me picking Jennifer Brady at wrong times over and over. The other one where I was getting emotional was picking Liverpool over Man City. I I placed a bet, you know, 29 minutes before. Because I said, I'm under half an hour. I got to make a call here. You know? I, and then I, I, I became a cutie smartass. And then I said, you know what, Liverpool rested because of the COVID protocol, and then they couldn't play their European Championship match. So I think, man, I think Liverpool's gonna pull it through. Although Man City's playing like it was fucking two, three years ago. But my initial gut feeling was Man City's gonna win. After their initial one-one, I I thought about cashing out. I should have just cashed out and paired the loss, but instead. Uh, I said, fuck it, Liverpool looked good, especially after Man City missed the initial penalty kick. Man City just absolutely destroyed Liverpool. And then uh, I knew Liverpool was kind of like still struggling this year. I should have went with a sure thing. And then I looked at the lineup and I said, you know what? It's the same fucking lineup that struggled on Liverpool. I didn't really realize that this year. So I fucking lost my 18 cents there. And that's the next lesson comes in with the waste management open, gambling on shots. I try to get emotional and try to pair the loss with emotion. So I started just gambling on the fucking Flyers versus the Capitals game on every single little thing. Who's going to score the fifth goal because it was a 2-2 tie score. And then uh, the initial inkling, I thought Flyers look better here with the momentum, with the puck possession. You know, starting the second period and the way the first period ended. But no, I said, Ovi's going to score the first goal like he did in the first period. I got emotional. I I should have went with a gut feeling that was correct. And then I, I said, all right, and now and then blah, 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 blah. Flyers absolutely destroy the Capitals at the end of the game. I go, fucking Christ. I hate the Flyers already, and then I hate them even more. I bet on the Capitals. I thought the Capitals were going to be a better team, but the Flyers were. I didn't study. I got emotional over Liverpool and Jennifer Brady, so I just, like, went ape shit. And same for the waste management. I really started, like, gambling on every shot to pair the losses that I had overnight. And, you know, but then... I think I had that such a risk tolerance even at a dime level because it's like a it's a fucking march of dimes. That's what I was, you know, because I knew that Tom Brady's going to hit big. And then I said, you know what? If I lose all, I lose all. I just sunk the entire six hundred dollars and an entire year worth of an entertainment budget. But what the heck? So I knew in the back of my mind with that boundary set, which I think was a good thing. 
that I could risk to a degree. But the in between the minor risks that I was making, I was being the fucking charity to the DraftKings, being a March of Dimes once again, uh, rather than making an informed decision. If I spread my bets smartly instead of being cutesy smart, trying to go like on that, and I didn't parlay so much, uh, I think I would have held steady on that hundred extra dollars that I spent. Include and then the you know DraftKings and all these guys. Keep making one year to play, you know, like with the casino and then the free money credit and all that stuff. My mistake also. Oh, another lesson. Don't play the casino. Just play the sports. If you're going to play the sports book, just play the sports book. I sunk all my Friday winnings on Xander Shaffley, you know, in the round two when he was riding a hot hand in the PGA. I sunk all that $40 of winning into the fucking blackjack. And I said, I got to. I gotta not play blackjack at this point. So I didn't. I said, this is fucking stupid. It's not even a real thing. Like, only real thing out of this online experience, as convenient as it is, is the fucking sports that's being played. Yeah, I would rather bet on the Shanghai Sharks than a fucking blackjack that's virtual. You know? Not with a real dealer and all that stuff. I'm not encouraging card counting and stuff. Wink, wink. Uh, But how can I do that in the digital? It's rigged against you. It's like picking a fucking T-Mobile you know, or fucking virtual Tim Horton's cup, you know, that wasn't manufactured. It's not there, you know. So don't play the blackjack and casino games. Fuck that. Go play it at the actual casino rather than here. And then the house always wins. And then uh those are my five lessons. Uh study. Uh don't be reckless and emotional. Take the favorites when you can. And then stop trying to parry your losses without doing the first three. And don't play the blackjack. Don't, not virtually. So those are my five main lessons that I've learned. It was a lot of fun. I'm a little tired. little tired. I'm very tired. Not really resting. But it was a really good adrenaline rush. And then BK, so are you going to withdraw all that money? He's like, yes, I will. I will. But I want to see how much more I can make. You know, you know, game stonks. Fuck that. You know, but anyways. Play responsibly. Play responsibly. I, I am proud of myself for not putting down more money beyond what I put in the first 12 hours. I'll be honest. I played within my limits, and then I showed discipline. If this were five years ago, maybe it would have been different. You know, I haven't drank in almost a year. You know, I'm doing a good job of that. It's like maybe maybe I'm getting old, so, you know, I'm just enjoying it for fun. And then now I understand, you know, showing some behavior, the, the degenerate behavior over dimes. I can see the problem as an addict. Because I think I do have a bit of an addictive personality, you know, which is a benefit and the downside as long as you're self-aware. And also, some of the mob problems that I was hearing about in all these soccer matches from, like, there's a book by Declan Hill, Declan Hill, the Canadian author who wrote about all these soccer match fixings that's been going around, going on around the world from the Chinese tria- triads and then the Russian mafia and all that stuff, organized crime, impact influencing all these games. And then you hear about the tennis match fixing. You know, I had my moment with Jennifer. But it was all for funs and shits and giggles. I'm not happy that I lost the two McDonald's apple pies worth of money. But I just go like, you know what? I could see. Like, Novak Djokovic, like, talked about this. Like, dude, I got approached to throw a game, but I never did. Who the fuck knows, man? You know? Like, I, I can see. I can see how this is could be problematic. As much as I enjoy playing it, you know, gambling on the com- competitive athletics 
online without going into a you know, fucking casino. I I could see the problems, and then like you you bet on every single game to every single level tier that I can do Shanghai Sharks and all that to a fucking Barcelona basketball team, not even a soccer team I can gamble on. It's fantastic the accessibility, but at the same time, I could see the problem. But you know what? More people play, more money goes around. I hope more fair game goes around, and then it makes it more entertaining. If there are less people paying attention, betting on less things, like it will be even more corrupted to a more oligarchs. Like it is with the game stonks, you know. Like because of the sheer participation through day trading and all these like fuck it people, you know, it, it started exposing some of the clearing firms and all these hedge funds and stuff. Right, same thing. We all want to play our fair share and then just play responsibly, trade responsibly, you know. Just stay within your limits and learn to walk away. You know, learn learn to move on. It's no different from a pitcher who just gave up a home run, dude. You gotta pitch to the next fucking guy, okay? You gotta move on. You gotta learn to move on. That's the last lesson I'll say, aside from the five. You know, making an informed, unemotional decision and trying to not be reckless. You you gotta get over your shit fast. So, thanks for listening. Don't be a degenerate like I did. I'm a living. Fucking guinea pig, okay? I can't take that risk. But again, play responsibly. Don't get emotional. Study, and then don't pair your losses so much. You lost it. Learn to walk away. That's the amount of risk taking you should do. All right. Peace out. Have a great rest of the week. Happy Lunar New Year. Happy Valentine's Day. And then, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week.